So it's very nice to start uh, this very first episode of um, our podcast. And here I have Gabriela Shabunita, uh, the manager of a variety of social and cultural projects and also a co-founder of our Less Stress Pro project. So, hi Gabriela, how are you? Hi, very nice to be here today. And I'm very glad to talk about how the project came about and what's important for us. So would you like to be the first uh, starting on this, about the prehistory of the project? Yeah, just very shortly to share a prehistory that we were coming back from our trip in India. And for two and a half months, we were stuck in Oslo in my flat because of pandemics, COVID, and um, it was, of course, all very unplanned. And uh, we went through different cycles and different phases of being stuck in one place while the world was experiencing something which our generation never experienced before, which was absolute lockdown in Oslo. There were no toilet paper, no food at some point when just we came back. And uh, we could experience and explore uh, the inner and outer lockdown situation and how it affected us. So um, what, uh, what uh, I can mention was that in the beginning we were in quite slow motion, as you probably remember yourself. Mm. And not so much things were happening and we were just more trying to understand what's going on in the world and in, in Norway and Oslo. Uh, and then after some time, we got, I think, in another absolutely different phase where we saw that being locked in one place physically opens a lot of uh, gates and, and opportunities to look at uh, do some practices with our teachers from around the world and uh, actually put in practice what we were learning in our meditation retreats and our yogic practices and to be more connected in the our uh, in inner world, so to say. Mm. Yeah, so uh, I can just add a little bit on that, that... Uh, in the process of uh, practicing all those things, um, uh, it, we, we discovered this polyvagal theory, um, and that kind of, you know, integrated uh, topics such as yoga, science, and art together. So this was like a kind of the outcome of all these practices and uh, sort of uh, research that we've just been doing for for ourselves. So, And it also kind of coordinated with the experience which all the world was immersed at that time. The unknown future, unknown actions taken, no one knew how long it will last. And a lot of panic in, in the first part of pandemics we could see on TVs, uh, radios, mainstream media, a lot of fear coming out. And how does it affect actually people who experiencing something for the first time and actually worldwide. 
Uh, though in Norway it wasn't so, maybe we were not so much exposed to that uh, directly. And we were kind of a little bit more in our own bubble, uh, not specifically avoiding the news, but kind of limiting ourselves from, you know, the bad news, so to say. Mm. But at the same time, we were part of this collective happening in Norway, in Oslo, in our household and uh, personally. So it was also very interesting to, to see how uh, we kind of choose in one way or another, you know, which stream or which choice we're going to take. Yes, and it, it, it absolutely felt um, collectively that uh, people and their humanity needed some kind of grounding and some kind of, you know, more realization and understanding of what's happening outside and in themselves. So um, it, it was very felt like, you know, those kind of practices that could help ground and understand, you know, how the emotions and uh, all these things work. Um, like, well, how do we respond to certain things uh, when we are, you know, we don't know what's happening, so we don't understand, like, how it's going to affect us after some time. So, um, you know, it needed some kind of theory uh, to ground ourselves in, <clears throat> both individually and collectively. Yes, and we kind of called it a big unknown, right? Mm. It, it would just, the easy term for that, unknown, because we didn't know much and how long, etc. But uh, also very importantly to mention that we were quite lucky to come back from uh, the training of the mind for w more than one month where we stayed with the teachers, learning to focus, concentrate, have this conscious choice, you know, where your mind goes, not only in meditative state, but what happens outside the mat, outside the meditation cushion, outside the yoga mat. And uh, this conscious choice which we have, we could a chance to exercise it just before we kind of went deeply into Yeah, it was, it was a good time to integrate all those practices in the real life, in the real situation, then actually there are, um, you know, the difficulties that can be, you know, touched and felt. Yes, and so, check in constantly, yeah. like a little exam one day at a time. And we don't say, I, I couldn't say that for us was always just an easy ride also, because there were times when frustration would come up, emotions would come up, some, you know, sadness that you your cancelled uh, flight is like six times in a row and etc. all these things. But mm -hmm. at the same time, still having or knowing the possibility that you can choose to self-regulate, do something about this fear or anxiety or whatever, whatever comes. Yeah, it was the, the time to like feel this huge shift, you know, universally, globally, uh, like in any, every possible sphere <laughs> in uh, human, you know, society. Um, so it was, you know, it was so crucial to actually turn towards our individual self and work, you know, with a quality of how do we live and how we regulate our emotions and our social connections and, um, you know, all these things that we never actually had 
enough time to do it. So like shifting this inner inner world and this inequality to then to share it, you know, perhaps with the world in many different ways. And to add up to that, the word which would very often come out in our being together time was resilience, inner resilience. Teachers talked about it, yogic teachers talked about it, that we are consciously choosing tools to self-regulate and inner resilience. And that was one of the interest points or or turning points, I guess, for us uh, when you kind of went deeply into the polyvagal theory you just mentioned and you said, hey, it makes sense, perfectly makes sense uh, what we have to do now. It's already written. It's not an unknown anymore. It's someone already thought about it and let's share it with the world because it works for us personally. So we tried it first and then it somehow uh, the wish naturally comes that we are all in this together, more or less. So let's just share Mm. what works for us with with others. So if you don't mind, could you share some more about the theory behind it? What exactly tools and uh, science we used Mm. to, to bring the different parts of the project together. So discovering uh, polyvagal theory, um, it wasn't like, you know, like I just wanted to to kind of clarify a bit that, you know, we didn't try those tools just in those few months when we're, um, you know, in quarantine. But, uh, you know, I personally and also yourself, you had practices for quite a long time. So I've been practicing yoga for almost 12 years. And, you know, it went through many different stages. But um, so about polyvagal theory, I discovered actually through um, yoga teacher Eddie Stern. I was reading his book, One Simple Thing. And there he was talking a lot about uh, the vagus nerve. And uh, maybe I don't now I don't remember. Maybe he didn't mention the actual polyvagal theory in the book. But uh, there was a lot of the concept of the vagus nerve. So, um, so I, I will try to talk about this this, this time, uh, because the polyvagal theory has so many different branches. It's like such a wide theory. So I always end up talking about something else from it. <laughs> so, um, so what it says um, that uh, we have this largest uh, nerve in our system. It's called vagus nerve, and. Um, it goes uh, all the way from the brainstem uh, through the eyes and the nose, mouth and the throat, all the way to the heart, to the lungs, um, to the diaphragm, and all the way down to the digestive tract. So the vagus nerve, uh, how it is, how it regulates it itself, um, it is responsible for our emotional state, uh, for our social engagement and for our fear response. So um, just shortly, I will say that uh, at the top, so uh, in, the, in the throat, in the head area, this is called the, the dorsal vagus. So here, this is our safe spot. We, um, we connect with people, we can feel creative, we feel safe. Um, our breathing is, uh, you know, it's calm, it's deep. Um, and then we go into the, 
just below the lungs. This is the sympathetic nervous system. So that space is responsible for all the activation. Uh, so, for example, uh, if we if we get scared or angry, um, our blood is uh, starts pumping, you know, fast, and our heart rate goes up. Um, and this is so. This is the the place that we kind of have to learn to 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 regulate because it's very hard to actually if we are in that state very often. So of course it brings like heart disease and uh, you know the high blood pressure disease and all of those stuff. And at the same time, it's also hard to connect with like people, you know, because it's very like, this is the, this is the state where we kind of just want to fight <laughs> um, uh, without actually seeing um, many of the other ways to sorting things. And then the, the down below in the digestive, digestive tract, there's this uh, ventral, sorry, this is the dorsal down and the up at the head is one ventral. So there, this is where our um, unintegrated emotions and experiences get stuck. And uh, so uh, this is called the shutdown mode. And uh, so there, it's very hard to, from there, if we are in that state for a lot of time, it's very hard to start moving the emotions and it's hard to connect, it's hard to be creative, it's even hard to make any decisions. So, Basically, what he said, uh, Stephen Porges, the neuroscientist who discovered the polyvagal theory, that in order to regulate, you know, this nerve, we have to kind of from the dorsal go up to the ventral with the help of our sympathetic nervous system. So things like yogic postures and breathing techniques and chanting, like either mantras or sound chanting, you know, can help to regulate this huge nerve because it's very much related with our sensory organs, with the eyes and, and, and the, you know, the throat, all the vocal cords, our sense of smell, and of course the breathing, our respiratory system, our digestive tract. So, you know, he said that for our body, we can relearn to regulate our emotions, our social behaviors and our fear responses as well. Yes. <laughs> and I guess uh, it's a good time to add mm. that uh, Thomas Hubel, the founder of Academy of the Inner Science, he works and focuses a lot on trauma work and collective trauma, individual trauma. And in their work, they use the same theory and emphasize the social aspect and the other person's uh, being and helping into co-regulation can function. you can you expand a little bit on this social aspect of the regulation social aspect i'm saying that mm -hmm. the other person uh well of course it's a it's a big picture you know and, and a big explanation to say it in few words but basically what uh, thomas emphasizes in his work is that and i was working several years with with in his uh, academy, learning a lot about traumas. Personally, it says that we need other human beings to help us to get out of the traumatic, traumatic experiences and integrate it, meaning that if we're gonna be just alone dealing with this, 
whatever we have to go through, it's not going to be so efficient and effective compared to if we're going to have the other person yes. uh, helping us. And by helping, meaning that uh, in Thomas' work is the idea that I'm seeing you seeing me. And or I think I feel you also feeling me. There's also yeah, that. it's also yeah. seeing it, it means in, yeah. in this case. Yeah feeling seeing you know so basically all my reality about other people is happening in me so if i don't see you as a threat and i see you as a safe space it helps me better to integrate my own issues and traumas i have because i can use you so to say as a mirror or as a safe space on the ground to actually you know digest and integrate and because of that active listening, uh, nonviolent communication and, and uh, many different techniques are used just to basically presence each other and acknowledge that, you know, you are important, I'm seeing you, what's happening in your life, what's happening in your traumas. And there is no judgment, but it's more or less just quiet, peaceful listening and, and support in that way. Most of the times we don't need to say much. We just need to have enough space inside us to hold each other. And I think because of what was happening, um, as we talked earlier, on the trauma level here, it was uh, COVID was pretty much worldwide thing. And we also, as a human beings, we are part of like nation, part of the well, world in general. So. It, it does affect us collectively. So in, in this work as well, uh, it's very important part to understand that it's not my individual things which affect me, but also transgenerational and also nation and me as a part of the collective. So uh, using those two, polyvagal theory as you explained and using uh, the knowledge brought from trauma work, we get a picture that, you know, working with each other and working with those techniques, which, well, already proved throughout centuries and thousands of years that they do work. Mm -hmm. We kind of combine them together. Yes. So I just wanted to say that um, this is kind of the time when, uh, like, you know, ancient philosophy as yoga, you know, really collaborates with, starts, started collaborating with science a lot. And, you know, they, they started explaining each other so well. And for so many people, it starts making more and more sense. Uh, like, just, just want to add one thing. Like, for example, um, you know, for like being in trauma, like if you're experiencing trauma, like in this particular moment, and uh, you feel like, oh, it's very hard to, to make any kind of decisions, right? Um, and this is because... Uh, this is phys physically can be explained because being there in the trauma in the lowest part of our bodies in this lowest state it's our nervous system cannot force us to make a decision because it's very hard so in order to make a decision you kind of have to leave the trauma <laughs> and things as you know the mindful breathing and the yoga and uh, uh, you know, chanting those things, uh, those things can be uh, kind of the bridge between, 
you know, being in the trauma and living in the trauma to actually make the decision to kind of just give space for that decision to, to happen. So Meaning come back to the present moment and come back yes. to the body. Yes, because so I think this is like a nice kind of collaboration between the science and the yoga. I, I guess just I wanted to a little bit explain that by trauma here we don't mean the terrific events like war or other similar huge events, what we mean but by... But it can be also. Yes, it can be, but at the same time, uh, we w more referring here to any event which happened at any part of our lives, which we didn't fully integrate it, and we chose to kind of lock it up in one of our body cells or our, or our system to not look at it because it was too much to look at it at that time. Especially when we were and kids. that was a normal thing, actually. That was how our, you know, body was dealing. Our yeah, system. It is a very smart way. Mm -hmm. But at the, when it comes to continue living the life and having a pat pattern of reacting uh, or living with that lockdown, somewhere put in the shadows, non-digested fully and non-integrated fully experience, then when we actually come to a trouble because it kind of becomes on our in our way instead of just you know helping to go through whatever need we needed to go through at that point mm. so just to clarify that this not necessarily has to be a very big event or big thing yes, exactly. in our lives exactly and sometimes we might not not even know what is it <laughs> until we discover it so. When it surfaces and it comes yeah. the right time. Yeah. And uh, you probably would say that during the body work you do, not only yoga. Yeah, yeah. You like can the, actually discover. Absolutely, yeah. Those traumas hidden somewhere, which is not reachable for our own minds. Yes. So we already spoke about two out of three components of our project. Mm -hmm. One was neuroscience and one was yoga and ancient pract yogic practices and philosophy. And then there is a third one, which we also incorporated and kind of dedicated for this project as an audience. Mm -hmm. And I would be very thankful if you could share a bit about it. Mm. Yeah, I'll try to call this <laughs> shortly. Um, so... Yes, then the, the, the science and the yoga and all these things. And also, of course, as, I, as I'm coming from the artistic theater and dance background, being also a yoga teacher and also studying the dance therapy. So these, kind, these things, like the body work and understanding uh, our traumas through the body. So naturally, you know, I wanted to put it through the through the space of, you know, art and creativity. Um, as I experience myself in my, in my personal experience, <laughs> um, it, it's quite difficult uh, to actually create from the space of, of trauma and from the space of suffering. And in the same polyvagal theory, you know, I've heard Stephen Porter saying that if you are still living in the trauma, in the traumas and experiences that are still unintegrated, the creativity 
And the quality of the creativity is constantly competing with those responses and the triggers. So it made total sense. Um, because if you don't allow yourself to step into this, you know, flow of creativity and you kind of uh, just like create from the spaces of, you know, the problems and the suffering, all you do is just you put those things in your art, kind of like a, as a representational thing. Um, so without actually, you just want to like throw them out and just show how much you're suffering and how many problems you have and how many problems the world have, but you don't come up with like any solutions. And it's kind of, it can end up even in, you know, you can have an audience that are suffering, you know, the same things. And it can be like as re-traumatizing yourself constantly, like every single time you put up this kind of art from the trauma. So you keep re-traumatizing yourself and you may be re-traumatizing other people. And I don't think it's a very sustainable way to create. But isn't it, but isn't it uh, very common Oh, it is very uh, common. Among artists, mm. actually, to use this. And I think it's a very subtle thing because, of course, we want to create from the space of, you know, personal experiences and personal, um, you know, like perhaps difficulties. But in so many cases, um, you know, all those difficulties are not transcended yet and not understood fully and not integrated. What is the most important thing? It's not integrated. So people like us artists, we don't know whether it's still, you know, an active trauma, an active trauma space that we're creating from, or whether is it already, you know, good. Like it's very hard to distinct, to distinguish. Um, so yeah, so this, this, this whole practice and this whole theory kind of gave me an insight to what about if we apply all these tools, you know, in creating art and in working with artists directly? And what would happen if we give them, you know, those practices in the process of creating art? Um, so this is kind of like the working with the inequality of creativity. Um, because again, this is coming directly from my own experience and from many, many years of experience. So I can see the, the quality, um, I guess, the inner kind of flow um, that, you know, I, I create and I don't, like, I don't expect, you know, people to, I don't know, to accept it because, you know, I'm a victim and I'm suffering and, and you have to, you know, you have to watch it just because of that, <laughs> because I'm having so many problems. But um, I'm, I think nowadays I'm more kind of interested into the, into the flow, into the, the kind of the, the quality of our art that comes from, you know, our center and not from our trauma so much. And, and again, I'm not saying that this is, you know, a bad thing in a certain stage of artist's life to create from that space. But if we all collectively start doing it, <laughs> it just becomes a, a trauma art, you know? And all we are doing constantly just re-traumatizing each other without actually solving anything, just putting the, those things out there. Well, I guess there would be many different opinions on that one. Oh, of course. That it's, you know, because people can relate to things which hurt 
because mm. we kind of as again as a country as a community we go through similar experiences and then I can relate to the art because it hurts me too and it's not necessarily a bad thing as you say absolutely but not to be aware that integration yes and, and offering solutions yes and also that it doesn't have to always be just created from that space suffering, and there is yeah. this other space which is when you say that inside me it comes joy mm. but uh, sometimes we we kind of avoid joy i think it also comes yes from the joy but also from the consciousness so i'm making the conscious choice considering not just myself you know but also the other people and also the audience because we don't know like we have to also be responsible how we affect the audience because again from my experience i can very much you know like ugh, i don't know what to say that so often the art is you know so ego centered <laughs> and all we think as artists so often just about ourselves you know like oh I, that's what i want to put on and but i think this is where it comes the the collective sharing that i make a conscious choice what do what i share uh, from the place of my art and uh, so i think this is this kind of like more constructive sharing rather than destructive so would you agree that if i said that we invite artists and people who want to be part of the project in one way or another into the process of healing and heal with their art and heal themselves while absolutely being yeah. in that creative yeah. process right yeah. or yeah. more integrating and digesting mm. and the creative outcomes come out. yes because you know it's it's important to have a, an environment that is supporting but also you know giving the tools and the practices to work on the individual part as well while being in a supportive environment i guess now we are naturally coming to this what steps we already made because mm. part of uh, this what you just said uh, last sentence we already did it in practice like short mini version of of uh, trial of this project with few artists from around the globe so mm. you can maybe share a bit about the outcome experience and uh, maybe a little short comment on mm -hmm. that so um i finished it uh, already more than a month ago and uh, it was a small scale um uh, of i guess of this project just a, a trial trial project so uh, i had online uh, sessions with seven seven artists uh, from different countries and again i was uh, just having sessions twice a week offering them those tools as yoga somatic somatics uh, pranayama uh, breathing techniques uh, some chanting uh, poetry writing three free oh, free writing <laughs> Um, and also, of course, kind of talking about this background theory as well, you know, basing those practices 
on scientific research as well. Um, and just seeing, you know, how uh, they both individually are and artistically, how individually and artistically those practices impact those people. So we had a lot of discussions in between and uh, and then at the end, you know, I kind of gave them a task to make reflections um, in, a, in a format that is kind of, you know, a free format. So they could do writing, they could do, uh, you know, dance videos, they could sing or, or talk or write, whatever. Uh, so that that was totally up to them to to choose, and uh, and I received you know many many different many different uh, reflections in in poetry and in dance, in in photography as well and in painting. Um, so at what they say, what they almost collectively agreed. Um, that of course it was a big shift, you know, in in their individual understanding of their, you know, the traumas and uh, experience that they didn't even know that they existed before, and also of course uh, artistically. So in, for for some of them, you know, it, it it helped directly in their art, and for some of them, um, the whole concept of you know living the life more more artistically and more kind of freely and spontaneously. Um, and again, the third thing, what they definitely agreed on was that it's so important while having those tools practiced to have a, a supportive, you know, environment, a supportive, supportive people uh, to, you know, that, that can listen and go through those processes, a community or a group of people. Um, so yeah, and, and then at the end, um, you know, basing uh, uh, everything on those reflections of, of, the, of the artists, um, we made, uh, with actually one of the artists, we made a, a movement, a dance video, a short uh, film, uh, kind of embodying the experiences of those participants, of the artists. Um, yes, and uh, yeah, I think that was a very, um, I would say, fulfilling experience for for both myself and uh, and the people, and we kind of still continuing uh, checking in uh, once a month to see how everything is going. So yeah, <laughs> so that was one of the steps we already took, mm. and then there were also two others I would like to mention and talk about very shortly that even though you can understand Jibla uh, is in Lithuania, based in Lithuania and I'm based in Norway. So naturally we think internationally and think how to create internationally. So we gathered the team so far uh, from Norway, Lithuania, Finland uh, of artists and, and uh, we willing or hoping to get some international funding to cr create, as Jivila mentioned, from the space of the flow, and uh, to get some creative outcomes also at some point of this time. But we should mention that uh, Okeanos Palvos is already part of, of this uh, team supporting us mm. with their videos, 
and also talking in Norway, uh, Finland. Yeah, yeah, Finland. So, well, this is the planned partner <laughs> uh, to, um, you know, to create all those uh, performances and uh, an artistic, you know, artistic sessions with them. Because, um, uh, so they are um, a couple that um, is uh, concentrated on making digital dance. And they are based in this northern part of Finland, Ulu. So this is quite a, quite a you know, remote place. And what they're trying to do is uh, to uh, promote a high quality art in you know, such remote places. Uh, so they do a lot of uh, facilitation and workshops and working with young people and actually including the young people or teenagers into the processes. Um, yes, so um, I think they having a very firm background in, you know, making the quality of the art and making, you know, inclusive communities and... And also we have my and also just just to say that um, they um, they have uh, also experience and ways of uh, incorporating similar practices into the creative processes, um, like meditation and uh, like a craniosacral uh, practices. So you know they kind of they are on the same same kind of. Uh, um, synchronicity with us if I can say that way and also we found uh, mindful stories mm. who are a team of uh, professional filmmaker and uh, trained psychologists who are doing or launching their new project yes who also want to be part uh, I guess on both Mm-hmm. Uh, recording and uh, making the visuals, but at the same time contributing professionally yeah. uh, on the yoga and also psychological aspects of, aspects of, of the yeah. project. So it looks like uh, people somehow match, uh, you know, just very nicely. From different corners of the world it looks like it's emerging naturally we don't force anything mm. and we'll see how it all gonna go what funding we are able to i think we also to get. Uh, forgot to mention uh tech arts so this is this is coming now ah, okay. <laughs> in lithuanian in lithuanian uh, mm. the first steps what actually was happening so far without mm. an international team uh, being formed uh, we got Uh, a place in Tech Arts Incubator and we've been collaborating and getting some mentorship from uh, their teams and yeah, from the mentors. Of professionals. So uh, they do help us to see this project grounded and come out from the dream level into the material realistic level. <laughs> strategically plan. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it really helps to accelerate, I guess, the process of clearing uh, what we do want and how we want to communicate to the world with this. So it's been a very interesting, it still is, until the end of December. Mm-hmm. Very interesting learning curve for us as a team. And uh, already, as you mentioned, uh, the video's been filmed there because they helped us with the 
space space and uh, yeah coordinating mm. and supporting us in different ways so it's always very very helpful and really important i feel for the new idea to start in order to start grounded in the reality to help to get help and support so the hearts really did that for us mm. and maybe just uh, to look you know into our future a bit and uh, just some sum- summarizing and uh, looking you know what we want and uh, what support we are seeking and mm. a little bit on those well terms. i guess i can have i can say some bits about that and then maybe you can add something uh, to, to to that um so i i am seeing this you know as a kind of a box <laughs> which uh, contains you know uh, quite a few aspects um so one of the plans is to make um an online like a toolbox uh where we are aiming to you know film uh, like professional film and put you know those different practices um into like on the website i guess that's the you know the most defined form <laughs> um and um so one of the ways is to uh not only you know make it accessible to you know for the artists to 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 use them but also for a much wider variety of people um and uh, one of the ways is to have it you know to have those sessions and to have uh, those practices uh, paid and then another part is to as you mentioned already to work with the uh, international artists uh, and to have a you know um a larger scale and uh, i don't know maybe a half a year creative process applying those tools and the practices in the creative process right and then other thing is of course as we are doing now to continue on the podcast and uh, and finding dialogues you know with um, other scientists and other other artists that are an interest on on the topics as you know the trauma and 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 the body memory and uh, and the embodiment and you know having um, using alternative practices to to heal and and discover and understand ourselves better. Uh yeah, so I'm not sure did I forget anything or is there anything else? No. I guess it's just uh, to mention that we are very interested at this stage to hear from people who resonate mm. with the idea and want like to like in any way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah open anyway invitation mm-hmm. if you resonate with what was said and if you have any questions and if uh, you want to contribute or be part or just any inquiries are very welcome because we see that so far this is the way the intuition guides us very nicely to the right people and mm. uh, in the right direction somehow and uh, this process so far was very very pleasant and really flowing very nicely yeah. with other teams yeah 
and really inspiring each other and uh, helping all of us grow together. So if you have any of, <laughs> of, of uh, ideas how or what you want to contribute here, please let us know. Yeah, and I think we'll um, put the details in the description when we upload this video, or I guess on the SoundCloud. So that's that's the way. Right? Yeah, and it also will be on your website so far because we have yeah, yeah, to yeah. create the yeah. the website later on. So it's also another step to actually find. We really will need help from technical yes <laughs> technical yes. side because we are not very good with pl online platforms and coding coding and all <laughs> it mm. so whoever wishes this is a call for you <laughs> to... <laughs> so a lot yes. to do yeah but the spirits are high <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so um, I guess that's it. So I, <laughs> that was a very nice one. So thank you very much for uh, helping uh, me to, you know, explain and put it out there. Um, yeah, so I'll see you soon, I guess. <laughs> The pleasure is all mine. Thank you for having me here. <laughs>